0: Good morning, church, and welcome to today's service. Uh, yesterday, we were blessed at Work of Ministry Seminar, Warms, and grateful to all that came. Today, we'll conclude our series on wisdom, but before that, let's start off with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Hallowed be your holy name. Speak through me, Lord. Let your word come forth with power in simplicity and clarity of speech. Thank you that with your word comes with the accompanying power of transformation. I thank you that at the end of this sermon, we will walk in this manifestation of this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Excuse me. Over the past three weeks, we started a series on wisdom, uh, and we started by defining it. And the definition of wisdom is the application of knowledge skillfully that you comprehend by inspiration. You see, when when we come to wisdom, we have to narrow it in that context. The inspiration has to be of God. Amen. There's a scripture in Job chapter 32. I want to believe so. It says, There is a breath that is in man, and the inspiration is of the... There is a spirit that lives in man. I'm sorry. And the inspiration is of the Almighty. Uh, and, and, another version, I think in James says, The breath is the Almighty. But I like the word inspiration. Amen. So, wisdom... In a godly context, is using knowledge skillfully that you can comprehend by inspiration. And we realize it's about the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So it led us on to talk about what wisdom can do. We looked at eight important truths. And among the important truths, we talked about an enlightened understanding, living circumspectly, and being a good steward of time. So I've given you three out of the eight. Amen. Uh, The second week, that's last two weeks and last week, we actually spent time focusing on the hallmarks of wisdom. We first looked at wisdom, which is inspired by the earth, senses, and demons. And the base of that is envy and self-seeking. And the Bible says where that exists, there is confusion and every evil thing. We then juxtaposed it with godly wisdom, which is also known as the fruit of righteousness, like James chapter 3, verse 18, uh, rightfully say so. So please acquaint yourself uh, with these messages by listening to it on our podcast, and I believe you will be blessed. Amen. So to na- today, let's wrap up. Go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1 to 13. So we've tackled what wisdom can do in the life of a believer. We've looked at the hallmarks of wisdom, which paints to us a biblical portrait, an accurate portrait of what true wisdom is. And today we are going to look at the last aspect, which are the benefits of wisdom. So Proverbs chapter four, verse one to 13. Proverbs four, verse one to 13. Hear my children the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth do not forsake her and she will preserve you love her and she will keep you wisdom is the principal thing therefore get wisdom and in all your getting get understanding exalt her and she will promote you she will bring you honor when you embrace her she will place on your head An ornament of grace, a crown of glory, she will deliver to you. Hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her. For she is your life. Amen. Many times when we mention Solomon, I think the very first word that comes to our mind is king. Rightfully so, he was a king. But we don't see Solomon in this particular light, a father. He was a father. In this scripture, you see Solomon as a father advising his son. And he is instructing him in the ways of the Lord, teaching him that he should seek wisdom. Solomon, at this point of his life, was the wisest king in Israel. So from this passage, we can learn about the benefits of wisdom. But before that, it's important to qualify what kind of wisdom we are talking about here, based on the source of it. Solomon first and foremost talks about instructions. What is the source of instruction that Solomon is telling his son to listen to? The source of the instruction is from the Word of God because it's from the Word of God that you get doctrine and you get law. So he was talking about instruction which contains teaching. Doctrine is also teaching. It contains teaching. It contains the law. The law that Moses wrote. And that uh, God instructed Moses to the generations of Israel that they should put the word around their neck. They should write it on the tables of their hearts. The word should become frontless in front of their eye. That is what is called the law. So when Solomon is talking about instruction, he is talking no further than the word of God. And Solomon then talks about his roots. He refers to his father David, that when he was young, his father David taught him the ways of the Lord. He taught him wisdom. The best form of mentorship is modeling. It's not what you say. It is what you do. So Solomon is able to impart unto his son because he received from his father. He saw his father doing, and he did so. It wasn't just because his father instructed him, but his father did. And that's powerful. So you see transgenerational effects here. A father advises his son. Or you see three generations. You see the first generation, which was David advising his son, Solomon, the second generation. And now Solomon, who is now a father of his own is now advising his son which is the third generation. Thank God for godly examples. Godly examples will transcend our existence. So be encouraged. Set forth good examples. Set forth godly examples for they will even follow you even after you are long and gone. Aside that, Solomon uses some key words in instructing his son on wisdom. He uses these words, about five of them. Hear, give attention, forsake not, retain, keep. Five very strong words. Hear, give attention, forsake not, retain, keep. And all these are in relation to the Word of God, which is the source of true wisdom. So, hear me very well. You need to hear the Word of God. Hear the Word of God. Be very interested in hearing the Word of God. Hear the Word of God by reading it on your personal time, hear the Word of God by listening to preaching. Hear the Word of God. Hear the Word of God by hearing the inspiration behind the Word of God, which is the Holy Spirit. Hear the Word of God. It's also important that we give attention. You can't receive any benefits from the Word of God if you don't key in and if you don't zoom in. Attentiveness. Make sure that you have very little distraction. You can't read the word of God with your social media on. You can't read the word of God with TV on. You can't read the word of God with music on. You have to key in and zone in if you really want the word of God to be a blessing. You have to have laser-like focus when it comes to experiencing the best out of the word of God. Because, mind you, when you fellowship with the Word of God, you are fellowshipping with Christ. The Bible says in John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, one of the best ways you can fellowship with God is to fellowship with His Word. And and one of the ways by which you experience the Greatest riches and and the blessings that are, are on earth from the Word of God is to give it maximum attention with very little or no distraction. Give attention. The next thing that Solomon told his son is that forsake not the Word of God, don't forsake it. Don't forsake it in any season of your life, don't forsake it in your season of prosperity. Don't forsake it in your season of trouble. Don't forsake it in your season of obscurity. Don't forsake the word of God. Always have the word of God at all times. Forsake not the word of God. Walk with the word of God. And then he says, retain the word of God. Now, this speaks of committing the word to memory. It's very important for us to learn memory verses. Commit the verses to memory. Because when you commit the verses to memory, then the, 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 the verses now become the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is activated and is made potent when you are able to keep the word in memory and you are able to speak it out. In Matthew chapter 4, after Jesus had fasted 40 days and nights, the Bible lets us know when the devil came to him on three different occasions, he quoted the word of God. Do you think Jesus was opening the Bible? He was speaking the word from memory. And then the last thing that David, um, I'm sorry, Solomon told uh, his son, keep the word of God. You memorize the word of God to keep the word of God. And what does it mean to keep the word of God? When you memorize the word of God, it now transcends to your heart. For some of us Christians, we don't have the word in our hearts. The reason why you don't have the word in your heart is it first hasn't come into your mind. It has to stay in your mind first. And when it's committed to memory, it can now sink into your heart. And anything that sinks to your heart, it means you have the intent of observing it. And when the Bible talks about observation, observation means you are going to do accordingly. So it's not just important to give mental accent to the word of God. It's very important to also profess our beliefs by putting the word into practice. That is how you keep the word. So Solomon is saying that when it comes to the word, hear it, give attention, forsake not, retain, keep. It's very important for Solomon to give these instructive words to his son because it is through the word of God that you get the true source of wisdom. If you want to know the source of wisdom, it comes from the word of God. And that is why when Solomon was going to give a treatise on wisdom, he didn't just go straight. He had to first and foremost exhort his son about the importance of the word of God. And when you are able to hear, give attention, forsake not, retain the word of God in your memory, and keep the word in your heart. David once said something, your word I have kept in my heart that I might not sin against you. When you are able to keep the word, you are now making contact with wisdom. Because the source of wisdom comes from the word of God. And then in verse 5, Solomon now said this to his son. He admonished him, get wisdom, get understanding. Now, my question to you this morning is, how do you get wisdom? How do you get understanding? We just read it. The first four verses. If you want to get wisdom and if you want to get understanding, read the word of God. So, if you abrogate the first four verses... Verse 5 will not be applicable to your life. You can't get wisdom and get understanding outside the word of God. Unless you want another kind of wisdom. But if we are talking about godly wisdom which is true, godly wisdom which is wholesome, godly wisdom which is genuine, the source of that is the word of God. So that's how you get wisdom. You get wisdom, you get understanding by going to the source, which is the word of God. And then now, Solomon now enumerates ten blessings, ten benefits of wisdom. And when you look at verse six, he mentions two wisdom will preserve you, wisdom will keep you. These two in a nutshell talks about security. Wisdom preserves. Wisdom preserves you. It preserves you from sin that is going on in this world. Wisdom is like salt. If you don't want meat to go bad, you salt the meat. And it serves as enough preservative to keep the meat from going bad. So when the Bible talks about wisdom will preserve you, that is the picture it paints. We will not be tainted and we will not be corrupted by the sins, the lusts, the pleasures of this world. We will be kept. You see, no matter how sinful the world will be, no matter how dark the world will be, we will be kept, we will be untainted, we will be pure. We will be undefiled. Why? Because of wisdom. Wisdom will be at work to preserve us. Just like salt will preserve meat from going bad, wisdom will serve as a preservative and will preserve us from this evil, corrupt world. And for your information, this world is corrupt and is decaying and is dying and is passing away each and every waking day. And thank God that we will be able to survive and we will be able to live through the scenes, the changing scenes of the life the global warming, the wars, the earthquakes, the, the, the sudden deaths, uh, the pandemics, the sicknesses that will come, we will be preserved. Why? Because of wisdom. Number two: wisdom keeps us. It guards us from danger. So, the preservation and the keeping talks to us about security. With wisdom, we are secured. With wisdom, we have built a fortress in God where we can relax. That's why don't don't be afraid of what you read in the newspaper. Don't be afraid of the news headline. Seek God for wisdom. Because when you seek God for wisdom, you will be preserved And you will be kept. And if there is a time where man needs to be preserved and kept, I think it's in the days we are living in. Amen. The third thing that we see is in verse 8. Wisdom promotes. When we receive godly wisdom, we will be promoted. Promotion doesn't come from the east The West or the South, promotion comes from the Lord. You can't walk in wisdom and you'll be walking in obscurity. Let me show you this scripture in message translation. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 29. the message. I don't like this version. But it says that when a man is excellent in what he does, he doesn't stand before me, men. But I like a certain English version. It has a certain way it says it. I wanted to quote it exactly, but I don't think it's the message. But promotion, it is a fruit of wisdom. So, I believe that as we receive wisdom and as we walk in godly wisdom, promotion will be our portion. In verse 8, it talks about the fourth blessing. We will be honored. Wisdom will honor you. You will come to a place of great reverence. It is very difficult to discount a wise person because a wise person carries influence especially one that works with the Spirit of the Lord. Someone like Joseph. One of the reasons why Joseph came to a place of honor was because he worked with the wisdom of God. He wasn't an Egyptian. He was a Jew. He was a prisoner. He had a prison index number. I'm sure he wore an orange jumpsuit. But because of the wisdom of God that abounded in him, God promoted him and elevated him to become the prime minister of a country. And you and I know, in this current context of politics, you can't rise to the ascent of a prime minister, a president, whatever will be the highest office in the land, if you are not born there. You have to be born there. Not even a naturalized citizen. You have to be born there. But wisdom changed the rules for Joseph Because he was honored greatly. So ladies and gentlemen, as God anoints us with wisdom, because we pursue him, may this year be your year of great honor. In Jesus' name. Verse 9. The Bible talks about an ornament of grace. Now, this word ornament is a figurative expression. It means attached. You see, when you have wisdom, favor is attached to you. One of the reasons why Jesus had favor with men was because he was a man of great wisdom. He had favor. So that is what it means, an ornament of grace. An ornament of grace. Grace here means favor. And favor means you will have goodwill with people. This favor particularly talks about goodwill with people. Not goodwill with God, but goodwill with people. When God favors you, when God's wisdom and grace is upon you, the Bible says that he even causes your enemies to be at peace with you. You see, whatever assignment that God has given to you, God has connected people for you who you will come into contact with, who will show you goodwill because you are favored. We need to walk in wisdom because one of the fruits of wisdom is that we will experience goodwill. One of the reasons why Jesus was able to do ministry and he was able to have the influence he had was because he had goodwill. He didn't just have favor with God, but he had favor with man. People will like you and they will not even have a reason to explain why they like you. That is favor. People will just do things for you that they have not even done for anybody before. And they haven't even done it for themselves because of favor. Look at Jesus. He could just send people to go for a donkey because he is favored. Look at Jesus. He could get revenue from very obscure sources, uncommon sources like a fish mouth. He he, he he gets a gold coin and he pays tax. It's because of favor. When God favors you, you are blessed. The rules will bend in your favor. Why? Because you have wisdom. And Solomon, who even wrote this, he came into great favor. One of the people he came into favor with was a king called King Hiram, or King Hiram. And Hiram was the king of Tyre and Sidon. He had a great relationship with David, by the way. But it's not guaranteed that just because you had a good relationship with a father, that relationship will transcend with the son. But the Bible lets us know that when Solomon wanted to build a temple, he he spoke to Hiram. And the Bible says that Hiram and King Solomon, they made a treaty of peace. There was peace between them. And then Hiram, he supplied all the building materials for Solomon to build the temple. And the Bible lets us know that the reason why there was peace between Hiram and Solomon was because of wisdom. Category stated there clearly. So wisdom will cause us to experience the favor of God, where we will come into goodwill with people And when we come into goodwill with people, it's for a purpose. Not for us to take advantage of them, but for them to help us to complete the assignments that God has given to us. Any assignments, any task, any mandates that God has given to you, you will need people. You will need a cooperation of people. And one of the ways by which that will occur is when favor rests upon you. It causes you to establish goodwill with people who will help you to be able to fulfill what God has called you to do. For somebody like Solomon, he was able to get all the requisite help he had because he was a man of wisdom. And that's favor. And this morning I pray that may you experience favor in the name of Jesus. You may have struggled, you are believing God for some breakthrough. You are believing God for some things to push you in your favor. But believe God. Pursue God. Seek wisdom. And when you seek wisdom, one of the accompanying benefits of wisdom is that you are favored. Amen. Now, the sixth thing in verse 9 is a crown of glory. And a crown of glory is a figurative expression. A crown here means gifts. And glory here means rank. So what the scripture is talking about is you will come to a place of elevated status because you will be known. You will be known by great wisdom you will show. And like we learned in James chapter 3, when your wisdom is pure, when you are peaceable, When you are willing to yield, it will cause you to stand out. You will be elevated among the pack. That is wisdom. Wisdom causes you to be noticed. So this scripture literally in the Hebrew means wisdom gives you with a rank. It gives you with an elevated status. For some of you, you want to reach an elevated status, you are crawling and doing everything possible and bootlicking. Let me tell you, if you want to hit an elevator status in your life, dare believe in God. Receive wisdom from the word of God. Seek the giver of wisdom, and that is how you will rise to an elevator status. Look at Abraham. Abraham decided to follow God. He didn't build a city. He just followed God. He just obeyed God. And today, Abraham is the exalted father of nations. Look at the people in Genesis chapter 11 to who wanted to build a tower. And they wanted to build a tower to touch the heavens, and God confused their languages. So, what I'm trying to say is that if you really want to hit an elevated status, it is not in your strength. It is in following the dictates the will of God. I campaign to you to seek for godly wisdom. It may seem like you are loosened, but God has a way of elevating you. Wisdom will always have the final say when all is said and done. Wisdom gives us with a rank. Elevated status It's one of the fruits of wisdom. And the Bible talks about in verse 10, long life, number seven, And when we are talking about long life, please understand this. Long life here simply means that your life will not be cut short. It might not necessarily mean you will grow old. Are you understanding me? There is a difference between growing old, old age, and long life. Long life means that you will do everything that God wants you to do, and then after that, you will go. For example, Jesus had long life. Why do I say he had long life? He had to complete all his assignments and everything God gave to him at age 33. And when he had finished, he was done and he was gone. That was long life. He didn't experience premature death. So when we are talking about long life, we are talking about you will not die before your time. It's not necessarily talking about old age. But it's talking about the span of life that God has given to you. You will be able to fulfill your days and fulfill that which God has called you to do. That's what is called long life. Amen. So when wisdom blesses us with long life, it means we will do what God has called us uninterrupted. It means that we will not be privy to premature death. It means we'll be able to finish and dole out our assignments before God calls us home. That's long life. Apostle Paul experienced long life, even though historians may say he died at the prime of his life. Why did he experience long life? Because in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he came to a place where he said, I have finished the race, I have fucked the fights. My life has been poured as a drink offering. And now I am ready to meet my master. Because there lies for me a crown of righteousness. That's long life. So he might not have been 60. He might not have been 70. But he experienced long life because he was able to fulfill the plan of God. And he was able to fulfill the agenda of God without The devil interrupting him. That's long life. So long life is relative. Even though when you read the Old Testament, one of the blessings of the Old Testament saints is that you will live old. In your old age, you shall be blessed. And we believe in that. But when we are talking about long life, please try and see the difference between that and then old age. Long life might not necessarily mean old age it just means that you will fulfill everything that god has given to you before your time is up and it's sad that many people cannot say that many people have not been able to fulfill what god had for them many people just scratched the surface of what god wanted them to do and then they had to check out because of premature death because of attacks of the enemy but you and I will not be subject to the attacks of the enemy and we will fulfill what God has called us to do. Like yesterday, we talked about gifting. When you have the wisdom of God, you will discover your gifts, you will exercise your gifts, you will fulfill the assignments of God, you will fulfill your mandates before God calls you home. One of the scriptures I love, the Bible says that David served his generation. You will serve your generation before your time is up. Long life. Number eight, in verse 11, the Bible says that wisdom will lead you on the right paths. It will lead you on the right paths. Right paths as in whom to choose as a wife, whom to choose as a husband. Right paths in what job am I supposed to do? Right paths on what church should I attend? Right paths on what How shall I take concerning my finances? Wisdom will lead you in the right paths. And I pray that may we continually be in the right paths. Wisdom. Number nine, verse 12 has two. It talks about your steps will not be hindered. That means that when you are on your quest of advancement, you will advance through. Now, when it talks about your steps will not be hindered, it doesn't mean that you won't face opposition. You will face opposition. When it talks about your steps will not be hindered, it doesn't mean the absence of difficulty, the absence of hills, the absence of mountains. They will be there. There will be hills, there will be mountains, there will be enemies. There will be people that will fight you severely on your way to advancement, but they will not prevail. So this picture presents to us that even though we might be in the presence of enemies, we might be in the presence of setbacks, we will still forcefully advance because of wisdom. Wisdom will always make way. Wisdom will always show us a door that irrespective of the opposition, we can still advance. And then the 10th thing, and the final thing, we will not stumble in our run. Which means that because of godly wisdom, we won't fall into sin. Now, when it's talking about running here, it gives us the picture of the race of faith. All of us are in the race of faith. We are running the race of faith. And we will all stop running When Jesus comes back, that's when we will stop running. And when it talks about stumble, stumble means that we will not fall into sin. Wisdom is able to keep us from falling into sin. That will affect us completing the race of faith. And that's why when you read Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible says that we should look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And why should we look unto him? Because when we look unto him, we are able to lay off every sin. And then we are able to lay off anything that easily besets us. Looking unto Jesus. We will run the race of faith. We won't stumble into sin. We will not backslide. The devil will not pull a fast one on us. Sometimes there are people who are falling into sin because they were ignorant of the devil's devices. But thanks be to God that when we have the wisdom of God, we can talk like Apostle Paul, that we are not ignorant of the devil's devices, lest he takes advantage of us. The devil will not take advantage of you because as you make up your mind this year to serve him and pursue him, and as you are running the race of faith, you will not stumble into any form of sin that will serve as an encroachment against you faithfully holding on to the profession of your faith. So Solomon then retreated to his son in the last verse to keep wisdom because wisdom is his life. Because Solomon had first-hand experience what wisdom could do for him. And the word life in Hebrew speaks of earthly and spiritual blessings combined. So what Solomon was telling his son is, wisdom is the ticket to earthly and spiritual blessings. If you want to experience earthly blessings and spiritual blessings, your ticket to that is wisdom. So in the Hebrew, when Solomon is talking about keep wisdom because she's your life, Literally, it means wisdom is the ticket to earthly and spiritual blessings. If you want to live a life of peace, if you want to experience days of heaven on earth, seek wisdom. Get it. And how do you get it? You get it by reading the instructions of God's word, where there is doctrine and where there is law. It is the source of true genuine and godly wisdom so today as we conclude our series be encouraged in your pursuit of christ pursue god because like the scripture says at his right hand are treasures forevermore and one of the treasures we get to experience as children of god is the treasure of wisdom as you have listened to this message Be encouraged and say to yourself that, Lord, thank you that you have made me wise. Thank you that as I have pursued you, I have contacted treasures at your right hand, which is the treasure of wisdom. Shall we pray? Father, I have delivered your word to your people. Thank you, O Lord, for the treasure of wisdom. Thank you that as we walk in wisdom, We will be preserved, we will be kept, we will be promoted, we will be honored, we will attract favor, we will be gifted with ranks that will elevate us above the ordinary, we will experience long life. Thank you that we will fulfill our assignments before our time is up. Thank you that you will lead us in the right paths. Thank you that our steps will not be hindered and we thank you that we will not stumble in this race of faith. We will run. We will run the race till we see your face. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.